every freaking second of the day, I'm going to do it. Everybody wants to be mother freaking wealthy. Are you willing to adapt? Are you willing to change? How uncomfortable are you willing to get? How willing are you going to be to allow me to help you? This is a marathon, not a sprint. You give up your right to be average and ordinary. You gotta show up earlier, you gotta be here later, you gotta hit harder, be more productive, be more focused. If you don't see it that way, you will fail at it. You guys have been the pillar and the backbone of Planet First Life now for quite some time. Keep growing. Good morning, everybody. Welcome to the Saturday morning Q&A with Sean Mike. Sean, thanks for joining us. All right, so we're going to get straight to it. The first question we have is from uh, at Trey Honeycutt, and it is, what is a good way to recruit and give realistic expectations to a new agent? Well, first of all, I apologize for not being in person. Us having to do this, we're traveling so much, and uh, this awesome background of the residents in wherever we are. Um Trey's question again, Andrew, I'm sorry. I got. I had to tell you yeah, about my and, background. I got uh, Trey's question, what is a good way to recruit and give realistic expectations to a new agent? Well, first of all, I think I, I always, I do believe that one of the things we've done a really good job of, and I think we lose sight of it sometimes, is when I say recruiting, Andrew, I'm not trying to recruit everybody. And I never was. I, I, if you don't work, you won't be any good at this. If you whine about everything, you won't be good at this. If you're not accountable, you won't be good at this. So I'm trying to figure out, and I'm not saying why to not recruit somebody. Really, that's a little bit dramatic. But I'm like, I'm trying to figure out, do I believe that I want to spend my time in business with this person? Okay. So from a, and I think the realistic expectations come in immediately. Like if I'm interviewing you, Andrew, I say, Andrew, here's the way it works. Let me ask you something. Um, you know, will you be full-time, part-time? How many hours can you put in? What are you looking to do? Have you ever done this before? Have you ever, have you ever talked to people over the phone, Zoom, or in their house where you're actually providing a product to them? Um, have you ever been an independent contractor before? Do you understand the value of investing in your business? So I want to give you all the things. It's always funny when you recruit somebody and three weeks later, they're like, well, he won't buy leads. I'm like, what was your initial conversation like? What do you, he's been here three weeks. What did you talk to him about? So day one, I hear people, I always like to say to people, what is your conversation about leads? And they'll give me this weird, like, well, we have multiple leads and here's where they come from. And I, I go, hey, Andrew, we have leads. The people fill it out and send it back to us. We have a bunch of them, dude. Bunch of different prices, some direct mail, some internet, some social media, Facebook, all kinds of stuff. You would have to invest in those leads to be successful. If you don't buy leads, you'll have no chance of success and you are gonna have to probably spend, you know, if you're not gonna spend a thousand bucks a week, it's not gonna make any sense if you're really trying to make a living doing this. So that's my expectation. You are gonna to have to go meet with people or get on the phone and Zoom. You are gonna to have to be consistent in your schedule. This business does, they've been doing it for 100 years where they've said persistency is 70%. 70% of what you write is gonna be on the books after 13 months. That means if you go ahead and write you know, 10 cases, you gotta know that statistically through 13 months, three of those are gonna fall off. If you only write once in a while, you'll eventually have a problem financially. You'll have debt. So I always laugh when somebody's like, well, the problem is I had chargebacks. No, the problem is you didn't work hard. Well, the problem is I had some chargebacks and some roll-up debt. 
Yeah, the problem is you didn't work hard. It's always funny how when you have a problem, people can go like, well, it's not my, I mean, it's not my fault. I know I had a problem, but it's not my fault. I tend not to recruit those people, Andrew. I actually try hard not to recruit them. I, I Like I'll say stuff like, when you do, because there's plenty of things in life that I could go, well, I did that because of this. No, I did it because I screwed up. I did it because I screwed up. That's why. I can give you 12 different variables that makes me, but why would I do that? That makes absolutely no sense. So I'm a big, are you accountable? When it doesn't go well, you know, I was talking to a guy yesterday and he said, you know, he's talking about something happened. I said, it's my fault. My bad. I, I, I apologize. He says, it's not your fault. You weren't involved. I said, listen, I run the company. It's hundred percent my fault. It's my fault. I run the company. But if it's going really well, it's like, you guys are great. Like that's not hard to do as a human being. And I tend to want to be in business with people that are like that. Awesome. Um, number two, this is from at Jack U. And it is, what type of ad would you respond to if you weren't already in insurance? You know, I, I think I go back to where when I was, you know, construction, social worker, doing some real estate. I always think about what did I think about the insurance business, right? Like the, the thing for me that I'd have to see in an ad, I'd have to know that there was flexibility. I'd have to know the barrier of entry was low. I mean, the barrier of entry here is we're going to pay for your class and then you're going to pay the state a couple hundred bucks to get your license. I always think that's important. When I look at businesses, I go, what's the barrier of entry and what's the worst case scenario? That's what I want to know. What's going to cost me to get in? What's the worst thing going to happen to me? So I think the ad for me would let me know the barrier of entry is low and let me know that I have the ability. Leads was, was very important to me. It'd be low barrier of entry, leads all over the country. You know, I talk about the the independent part and in life insurance, I, I think for me, we've run all kinds of ads, right? Athletic, military experience, required, all that. And that's all well and good. But I, I really want to catch people that I think are looking part-time or full-time to do something to help, you know, support their family, supplement their income. And also people that understand the concept behind the fact that all the people, like if you ran something that said, how would you like to call people all day long that have actually asked for your help and then get paid? How would you like to have an independent schedule where you could decide the days and times that you work to make sure you're there to do the things you want to do during the week, which family, whatever. I, I just, I want quick things that would hit me. I want to know leads, schedule, low barrier of entry. And there is really no experience required. And that is true. I think that's, we kind of leave that out. You know, I, for all of you that are do are in life insurance and you probably shouldn't call, I've done sales. If you've not done, if you're only in life insurance with leads, you're not in sales. I'm not trying to be difficult. I've done sales. Sales is trying to sell people used cars and a lot when they really don't even need to get another car. Sales is going door to door trying to sell windows, siding, roofing. They didn't ask for anything. That's sales. I've done that. This, this ain't sales. So I, I don't want to burst your bubble. This is order taking. This is no different than work at the restaurant. They come in and say, I want those three dishes. I know it costs me 80 bucks. Here's my credit card and here's a tip. We, this, this is, I want people to understand how important this is to people, how much they actually want our help. And I think for me, I'd have to know that I would never have gotten this industry if it weren't for leads. The guy that recruited me tried to recruit me for two months. All he had to do was say leads. He never talked about leads for two damn months. Are you looking to do this? Are you looking to make actually all this stuff? I didn't listen to him at all. The final thing was he said, here, and handed me a lead. I said, I read it. I said, how many of these can I get? 
So you buy as many as you want. And I called it right in front of him and booked a freaking appointment because they filled it out. And I was like, then he actually had me. So I go, what do I do now? He goes, you have to have your insurance license. How much is that? He told me. And I was like, all right, I'm in. What's the worst thing that can happen? I buy some leads, it doesn't work, and I don't do it again. Or I buy some leads and grow real fast and go, wow, this is amazing. So, you know, I think, Andrew, all of the above, but I need to know low barrier. You know, worst case scenario is not really a worst case, not really that bad. It's not bad at all. What's the worst thing that happens? You buy, you, you buy the leads and you make a couple family, you've got a couple families, get your money back. You know, you don't love it, don't do it again. And you have an insurance license. So I, I really think that um, also hard work, I think on the flip side, when you're recruiting people, it should say something about hard work and accountable. Because I'll tell you what, people that don't work hard tend to get scared of the terminology hard work. It tends to freak them out because it tends to kind of keep them away from joining you. And, I, and I've always liked that. Yeah, that's huge. All right. Next question is from at Eric Schmidt. And it is, what are the fastest growing agencies doing that the others are not? You know, listen, I know nobody likes this answer because you want something where you can go, got it. That's got nothing to do with me. I can give you, whether it's Needham Hayden, Twardowski, I, I can go on and on and on about people. They're growing faster because they're working hard. So let me, before you dismiss it, because now it's about you and you don't want to hear it. They're up earlier in the morning. They're focused on business seven days a week. That might seem crazy for you. They're not complacent. They genuinely want to help other people. They plug people into a system because they know you can't grow without a system. They're, they're boots on the ground. They're working. Zach's on these calls at all time doing dials. Needham Hayden are stock protecting families. So they're doing those things that allow them to outgrow everybody. They're a hybrid approach. They're open to, here's another one's a big one. If somebody's having success, they leave them alone. They don't micromanage people. They deal with all kinds of personalities. And they go, you know what? That's working. Why would I care? Some of them might go, that guy or girl drives me crazy. They're productive. So what? What do you care? Well, they do it this way. So what? You got to be really careful with, you know, saying, we don't do that that way. Is it successful? Yeah, then we do it that way. Then we do. So I think they do that. They listen really well. They're really good at um, making other people feel good. They're good at giving out recognition and, and, and patting people on the back because they deserve it. They're not worried about look at me, look at me, look at me, which means everybody wants to work with them. They have a lot of humility. So when you work that hard, you have a lot of humility. You plug people into a system. You, you get yourself trained and you can help people. And I think the last thing I'll say is they're willing to confront people in a, in a nice way. Like, like, you always like people like, well, you need to do it in a nice way. Dude, you know, like if somebody, if your family member was sick and had heart disease and every week you were like, man, I just wish he would eat better and work out. I just wish he would eat better. Then I show up one day, Andrew, after a year of you doing that. And I go, hey, bro, you know, you're going to die, right? Like you actually look like you're dying in front of him. I'm not a doctor, but I'll take a picture of you and send it to a doctor and figure out on a scale of one to 10 when they think you're going to die of a heart attack. You can't be eating that way. You need some work. You need some exercise. You got two kids. They're 14 and 12, and you're going to die before they graduate high school. Can you freaking please alter your diet and go work out? Why is what you did nicer than what I did? What I did is much nicer. What you did was evil. You were evil. Now, you have to have a relationship with people. Now, would I do that to somebody I don't know? Maybe, maybe not. I have a relationship with you. I might. I might not. But it's getting people to understand that they're willing to interrogate people's reality. Hey, you're not in the field, but one day a week, you're not going to survive. Hey, you're not. So their social media is on point too. And they have really good staff. 
So they're very active on social media and have very qualified staff. Some of you have staff that aren't, how do I know they're not qualified? They're not productive. I don't need to know what their resume is. I tell people when they come on the resume, dude, don't worry about your resume. You have 30 days to figure out if you're any good. <laughs> resume is something you came up with. That does, what does that matter to me? Uh, you have 30 days to figure out, for, to show you and show me if you're any good at the shop, if it's a good fit for you, or if I'm good for you to work with. You know, so I, I really think that, you know, Eric, a lot of those things, I think some of you, I love y'all, but like, you know, it's funny because some of the offices, as people were growing it, they were there all the time. And they hit a certain level, whether it was whatever, hit a certain level, number of families helped a month, integrity, whatever it is. And all of a sudden, they don't do that anymore. They become, they grow weary and well-doing. And it's like, I'm doing okay. I can take my foot off the gas. The problem is, A, we've only been out of eight years. And a lot of you have only been here for a year or two or two months. You do have to put the work in. And if you are managing a team, you don't need to micromanage them through their activity. But what you need to do is micromanage your own activity. So your activity is at such a great level. Andrew, I don't pretend to, but I can tell you this. I don't pretend I have all this unbelievable influence on everything. But if I wasn't working, people would eventually find a reason to be frustrated. They would. They'd be like, man, I can't believe that Andrew said that. Or I bet Andrew's doing this over here. Andrew's not to work anymore. It must be nice. He's not even active. That's when people become most people that don't actually everybody, everybody that does not work at FFL. I'll say this unequivocally. They get offended. That's okay. That's why I'm saying it. If you don't work here, whoever runs your company from everybody I've seen, they don't work. I've seen them. If they have few partners, they're they have boards and CFO, CDO, CEO, they don't work. They're not even available because they're so busy doing nothing. And after a while, people are athletically, right? Work ethic recognizes work ethic. And uh, I think if you ain't got one, and, and I think the people leading the company right now, they have an extra, I think Mark Mead's work ethic today is close to what it was when we started. And I think he'd be the first one to tell you for a period of time, it may be changed. And now he's just like, he's always been working, but he's, he's I mean, he's grinding because kids are young, sees what he can do, knows what's happening and sees what the future is for everybody. I love it. Yeah, when the company opened up, <clears throat> one of the most powerful things that I that I learned was let's take care of our own families by selling and inspire other people to sell instead of going, hey, you guys go do this. I'm recruiting people. And that, I think that was huge. And you also said one time, if you help 10 families a week, all of your all of these problems that you have will go away. And it's funny because I stopped thinking about a lead credit and all these little things that took up my time and energy. And I, all of that stopped when I started helping. Ollie, more direct. If you don't help families, I would never work with you. I mean, you know, you built a business, got a couple, you know, you're helping thousands of families a month, get integrity deal, different deal. You're out of the field. I get it. I know you have, and you should be out of it. I got it. But as you're building your business, and it's so funny because people try to buck that all the time. It doesn't work. It's not about just the money. It's about people. You're sitting at home. You're sitting at home because there's really not a lot to do as you're starting to build this thing. It's not big yet. Not doing anything, talking to somebody every once in a while. And you want, I'm out in the field, three hours from my family at my last appointment at 10 o'clock at night. My man opens the door up and he's, he's been drinking all day, which is fine, by the way, except his wife's not there. 
And you know, remember feeling like, at the, and you're 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 struggling to get. So like, Andrew, if you've not been there, don't act like you have. And I just, I'm just telling you, I'm I love y'all, and I'm. Some of you are watching this. It's a dangerous place to be. And those are the people that go like, I really don't like working with him, her. Why? They don't do nothing. They don't sell. They don't help families. Awesome, man. Last question for the week. It's from Eric Hamadi, and it is, what do, how do you get so many people to trust and want to work with you? Okay, so if you work harder than anybody thinks you will, and if you work harder than they believe that you have to, or if you work harder than you actually have to. See, when you work hard enough to pay your bills, nobody's really excited, I'll be honest with you. When you work harder than what you need, right? People start to pay attention. When you genuinely care about people, Eric, to the point where you're honest with them all the time, they tend to build trust with you. When you don't speak down to people ever, they tend to try. I was talking to a guy the other day. He's got a really good job on the insurance carriers. And I said, here's the problem, bud. You think you're really smart. And with all due respect, um, I don't think you're dumb. But you're half as smart as you think you are. And, and you're always talking down to everybody because of your insecurity regarding your intellectual capacity. Nobody's judging you, but you're really, people don't like you. They don't trust you because the way you talk to him, he's not yelling, screaming, he's not cussing. It's his tonality where he talks down. So Eric, you got to find a way to connect with people. How do you connect with people? Learn about them. I mean, we got a lot of age. I know a lot about a lot of people, their kids, where they're from, their families, what they've done, their background. Just stuff that like intrigues me and that I want to know. Like I know Colton Thor wrestled Division Two. I knew that before I went to his office the other day, but I want to make a point to talk about it. You know, I know Will Thor, my buddy. I know what he's gone through in his life, things he shares with me. I know that. Like I know a lot about a lot of people, Eric, because I stop and take time to ask. And a lot of us, or a lot of you, because I suck at a lot. But one thing I want, a lot of you just talk at people and then you want a relationship. You want them to trust you. Well, why? You've not asked them anything about themselves. First thing you do when you start coaching kids, you talk to them. Who brought you here? Is that your mom, your dad? Who do you live with? You got any siblings? Played ball before? Really got it. You're in school. How are your grades? Now screw somebody up. You walk into practice, go, hey man, how was that test you had? What coach? Don't what coach me. How did you do? Nothing about basketball, nothing about baseball, nothing about football. So, you know, Eric, it's I'll sum it up with this. The amount of things you do for people that you don't have to do. Have you gone out of your way to do things? Have you invested them emotionally, time-wise, money-wise? What have you done about the business? When you start doing that, people tend to trust. And then they're willing to have a mutually accountable relationship where I'm going to do X but I expect you to do Y. If you want X, you have to do Y. And I think also trying to speak life into people, dude, they have tough times. I mean, Andrew, we've known each other, you know, a decade and I don't complain to you about anything. I might get angry because I do get angry, but I don't have you ever said to me one time in 10 years where I was telling you it was a bad day. Couldn't get through it. Didn't know it do myself. Oh my God. I wish you, Andrew, Andrew, I never do. That's not your job. We talk, we become friends. But at the end of the day, I know that here, Eric, people are counting on you just as you count on other people. 
So you never forget that when they start. They have trepidation. They have concerns. They don't trust you. Are you likable? That's the other thing. I mean, hey, by the way, ask people that will tell you the truth. I'll tell you the truth. So maybe you want to know, like, am I likable? I will tell you. I told the guy the other day, I'm like, dude, you're not likable. I'm like, ask five people in your life that will tell you the truth. And I said, here's the reasons you're not likable. I'm not mad at you. I don't care if you're likable or not for me, but you can't build a business because the agents you work with and the clients you used to work with don't like you, you know, and it's, and they don't because you don't ask about it. You don't seem to care. You know, I was at a thing this, uh, you know, a couple weeks ago and I ran to this guy and I love the guy. But he never asks about anybody, just tells you about his, he doesn't never, he don't know nothing about nobody. You know, it's like the guy that sent me a, what did he send me for a gift? $2,500 bottles of alcohol. Hey, bro, I ain't drank in 21 years. And here's the best part. He goes, yeah, I know you don't drink. Like, it's, it's when you genuinely care about other people and you're willing to put them first, Eric, they will trust you. And they always know it. That's huge. Cool, man. Well, thank you. And we will be back live in the in Factory Fresh Studios Saturday. So we'll see you guys there. Sean, thank you for uh, traveling and growing the company and leading from the front. See you later, man. See you.